Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Episode 54, Season 2. Happy New Year again. Chris, it's another, another day. It's a new year, another podcast. Yeah. Did you realize that I'm a carnivore? Yeah, I guess you are a meat eater, huh? I'm a meat eater, man. I started a carnivore diet and the about- freezer's empty though. No, no, it's not empty. Um <laughs> three about three weeks ago I started a carnivore diet. I mainly eat meats and fruit. And I lost nine pounds. Um, I was up to I was at one eighty five and now I'm like one seventy five. But I've been sleeping better. I have more energy, and overall, I just feel better. I eliminated steak in the morning. Huh? You eating so, steak in the morning? No. So mainly, like in the morning, I'll eat eggs and like an avocado, and then I'll eat like a banana in the morning too, maybe a little bit of pineapple, and then lunch it's either beef, deer meat, or some kind of chicken, and maybe like blueberries. Dinner it's either again fish, chicken, or beef or venison. And then maybe like some fruit um, and stuff like that. But I feel so much better. So, huh. yeah, that's pretty cool. I like I'm, it. I'm feeling under the weather. Are you? I know. You're a little, you're a little sick. Got, got everybody at work sick. My daughter's yeah, sick. That time of she, year. I think she gave me the sniffle. Mm-hmm. So. If anybody's lit, well, whoever's listening, if uh, the audio sounds a little bit off today, it's because I got a different microphone. I couldn't get my old one or my newer one to work. So I apologize for that in advance if the playback is uh, a little different than what you're used to seeing. But anyway, it's a new year and um, things are heating up here with consulting um, and it's cutting season. And there's a lot of people wanting to start cutting. They're not sure what to do, the purposes behind it, when and how. And we're going to run that. We made a list before this started to make sure that we kind of covered all the bases, right? Yeah. I mean, you threw out a fleece there yeah. uh, a week or two ago and told people to, to mm-hmm. please comment and tell us what they yeah. want to hear. Yeah. And, and I'll uh, be making, and we got video. some, we got yeah, some comments. I'll, yeah. I'll be making some videos on it as well, but we wanted to cover it on a podcast as well. And then probably in the next couple of weeks, guys, um, we will be discussing frost eating because we were debating on whether to do that today, but we decided against that because just a little bit smidge bit too early yet i think we agreed on so yeah um let's start it out with talking um we'll just go down the list here about low versus high hinge cuts and we'll talk about kind of the differences um pros and cons yeah pros and cons differences between them some of the disasters that can happen with hinge cutting and a lot of my experiences from um cutting on um plants properties so i guess let's talk about chris let's talk about uh low hinge cuts first the reason why somebody should hinge cut whether i guess let's talk about food wise first so if you're on a property and you have the right timber obviously you're not going to be hinge cutting giant you know giant trees yeah um, not, not marketable timber no no you're not going to be <laughs> hinge cutting that you're going to be hinge cutting you know the the un i mean 
the less low desirables that are desirable, yeah. that are not marketable. They're high quality food, but they're not really a marketable species. Yeah. And some of the best ones that we like to do, we agreed on that is um is uh, maples. Maple for sure. Right? Those maples regenerate really well from the stump there, and you'll get uh, the shoots, you know, the, coming out the top. Right. So let's talk about food wise on hinge cutting you know maples or um hickories you can even inch cut some small oaks and things but let's discuss food food for that so what happens when you hinge cut a tree low i'd say waste so, high. so yeah you you dump a tree over on its side leave a little bit so that it'll live make sure you have enough canopy light coming down uh so that it'll regenerate and what you're going to have is you're going to be providing all the brows from all the all the limb tips all that fresh growth and uh, they will browse on that. And then, like you said, all those suckers that are going to mm -hmm. grow up towards the sun, they're, they're going to be great food. You have to have the, the tree cut low enough, obviously. So when it comes down and it, and it falls over, you, it has to be within reach of the deer, obviously. So mm -hmm. you've got to cut it pretty, you know, waist, waist high or lower and uh, get that thing tipped over, get it down where they can reach. Mm -hmm. And then of course, if you do that, uh, you know, around, you know, end of January into February, that's when the maples are really starting to uh, force their juices up from below. That's when everybody's tapping trees and trying to get maple syrup. Yeah. March, so, March time frame. So, yeah. So when you cut a tree, anyhow, it's going to, the, the natural, the natural survival instinct is to flush all its force upward Mm -hmm. and uh put all its nutrients put, put all its nutrients up above the ground mm -hmm. you know um when you put it under stress you know it tries to put out all its nutrients up so you're going to have all those great uh stump sprouts and things growing off of it and uh unless boy, when you're yeah. under stress you fold oh <laughs> you quitter anyhow you're gonna have all that high nutrition above ground and you've, you've, you've actually forced the tree to do that. Mm -hmm. But the key is, like we said, there has to be sun above beating down on it to get it, to get, make sure that it's going to survive. Yeah. So like, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent for hinge cutting and I'm not a hundred percent against it. I think it does, it does work if you have the right species and it makes sense. But the whole thing is like, you can't go into a section of timber and have giant canopy trees and then all of a sudden just hinge cut these small trees because they're going to die. They're not going to live um, because they're not getting sunlight. So the key to it would be to have an area that makes sense um, to cut the bigger trees first. Cross cut them, drop them, open the canopy up, and then you can hinge cut the smaller trees such as maples or um, uh, hickory, cherry, elm, something like that. They hinge cut really well. Uh, my favorite was probably would probably be maples. Silver maples don't really hinge cut really well. We tried that as experiment at the old farm, and they just they just don't hinge cut very well. But um, red maples and stuff, man, they they really hinge cut well. And if you get enough sunlight to it, man, they just create so much shoots coming out, and they chase that sun, and it's fresh food for deer. Um, but the key to that again is is sunlight and 
you know, typically what I found, you know, I'm five, nine. So right around waist high is where I'll hinge cut a tree. Um, it seems to be the perfect, perfect height. Now, you're one five, of the, uh, you're five, what, seven. I'm five, nine, five, seven. No, I'm five, nine. <laughs> With your high heel boots on. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you five, two, five, one. If I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, one of the fails with this is with hinge cutting is one, you don't have enough sunlight. So guys will do it and they just die and you lose the purpose of the whole hinge cut is for it to stay alive. So it's got to have sunlight. But the number two thing with this is hinge cutting can create a disaster because in four or five years, six years, all of them shoots shoot up and it creates a jungle. So again, with anything in the habitat world, it requires maintenance. So you need to evaluate these areas that you hinge cut because it can become too thick and the deer can't move through it because everything regrew or those shoots that come out the top of the, the log chasing the sun, they go up, get leaves on them, and then they shade out everything else below it. So it's one of them things where you have to constantly evaluate it and work on it and just realize that anytime you start cutting timber and open up sunlight, it creates a jungle and a disaster that has to be managed. Something's going to flush. Yes. It's going to have to be maintenance. No matter if you select cut an area, clear cut, you're going to have to get involved with forestry mulching to, to, re, to clean the things up. Or if you hinge cut an area, you have to come back in four, five, six, seven, whatever it is, depends on how much sunlight you get. Um, and you're going to have to re-hinge cut things again or get a mulcher in there and, and mulch these things, something. Um, it but it's got to be maintained. You know, otherwise, again, it just gets too thick and it becomes a disaster. Don't you agree? Yeah, I would I would say there's going to be some maintenance involved with that. 100%. You start laying stuff down and mm -hmm. it starts growing up and you get like you said the jungle effect mm -hmm. <clears throat> you're just kind of depleting your sunlight yeah so it's just one of them things if whoever's doing it have a reason have a purpose have a good area for it that makes sense and realize that you are going to create extra work for yourself in the long run it's going to benefit you for deer um usually i mean when i just did it at the old farm or my new farm I saw a regeneration the first summer. I in, We did it in, I think, February. We hinge cut a bunch of areas, and then we saw sprouts that summer. But the following year, it really took off, and the deer were in there bedding, and, and they had so much food. I'm wondering – I just thought of this. What are you wondering? I, I'm wondering if any of these consultants out there – if if they have a number a magic number like hey if you got 30 acres or less don't worry about hinge cutting or making bedding areas you know stuff like mm -hmm. that i wonder if there's a magic number out there just curious that's just something oh. i thought i was thinking yeah, i don't know i don't you know? think so because i don't look at it that way i just i looked at sometimes i go to a property and it doesn't make sense right, like, right. or they just don't have the right timber to do it like well and that that takes us into another avenue we was going to talk about like um we, we were talking about hinging both directions and making the travel corridor a, an easy path of no resistance for an animal mm -hmm. to walk down through. Right. You know, you're going to hinge or, or lay trees over both ways. Now, you know, 
like you're saying, it might make sense. It might not. Depends on how much property there is, or and if you have the right timber. Yeah, you got to have the right timber to to be able to do stuff like that. Um, and I mean, usually you'll see like in heavily over canopy trees and and forests and stuff. You really you don't have much of the undergrowth because it's all shaded out. So you'll get like you know some elm growing up or or something and they're real skinny but even then hinge cutting those doesn't work because they're just going to die now if you don't really care about the food value part of it and you're just making like a travel corridor you know who cares if it you know cut, cut it yeah who cares cut it but food wise you got to have that you got to cut the bigger trees first and then focus on the little trees but yeah um why don't we talk about the the travel corridors a little bit um mm. Because mm -hmm. we made we made one at the old farm and man they just they hammered it. Um, that was pretty neat. I mean, that was something that you could tell right away worked. I mean, yep. yeah, instant instant gratification, I guess you know. Yeah, I mean it's a path of least resistance. Um, I mean just like just like taking a mulcher in and mulching a path, or or taking a brush hog through some briars and cutting a swath through them or something. Mm -hmm. you know? It's instant gratification when you do something like this. Yeah, but don't but don't eliminate all your under brows. I mean, no, yeah, yeah, obviously, but mm -hmm. for the listeners, yeah. yeah, we made um, we made a couple trails at the old farm. I made them at the new farm, and it was something we did, you know, in the past too. But um, I really, really took effect to it maybe three, four years ago, and it's very powerful. Um, but you just you're just basically taking a, an area that you want the deer to funnel through. And you can just hinge cut the trees out to the side and make a, you know, two or three foot wide path. You know, I don't think you want to do every one because the deer will kind of feel trapped. So you have to, you know, maybe do one here, a couple feet ahead of you, do one, a couple feet, do one. That way they have escape um, paths or whatever so they don't feel um, confined. Now, does might not care. They'll, they'll probably use it no matter what. But the bucks, you know, they might get a little, little shaded, a little shady. But like that goes back to when we talked about clearing land and putting the big brush piles up against you know the sides of things that kind of you're enclosing the area off and they feel trapped so yeah you don't want them to get into an area and they feel trapped they want to be able to escape no and that's that's a whole another avenue too we can talk about is if if they're uh hinging for for uh What's the word? Well, it just block, block an area off. Yeah, blocking an area off. What? what a, <laughs> just right. Boom! Gone. You're losing it. Gone. Chris is losing it, guys. Gone. What do you plant? What do you plant Egyptian wheat for? A screen. Screening. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Holy Screening. smokes! High hinge cuts. <laughs> yeah, high hinge cuts. That's where I was headed with that. <clears throat> you could use them for blocking areas off. Or, mm -hmm. or for approach routes and things, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, if you cut them off high enough and lay them over, you can sneak in behind that, you know. Uh, another instance for a high cut might be if you want the deer to crawl in there and in bed. Uh, you know, if you do some still hunting, a lot of times you'll you'll jump up a deer and it'll be out in the middle of a brush pile or something. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll come tearing out of there or, or like how about if you – how about when you've shot a deer and you're looking for it and it's in its dead lane in a brush pile, you know, mm -hmm. they like to go for those places. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge controversial topic, whether 
high hinge cut, low hinge cut, but I think both of them, I think both have a place. Yeah. There's, there's no absolutes, you know, I think both have a, everything has a reason. I mean, yes. And you have to, you have to weigh the pros and cons to it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's going to work for you, if you don't think, you know, some guys say absolutely not. Don't, Never well, it's, it's dangerous. Cut. It's dangerous too. You well, know, it who, is. Who yeah. wants to hold a saw up? You know. Right. Yeah, it is dangerous, but everything has a has a has a place for it. I guess. For sure. It's, you know, I don't think there's any wrong, real wrong way. Um, to unless you just get crazy with it and you create like a, a bear, you know, block. You block start blocking stuff off. Then then it's not good. Deer won't use it. But you got to have a have, have to have a balance with it. Whether it's you know not too thick. But you know what I mean? Not, not, you know, too thick. If it's too thick, then they're just not going to use it. And you just created a mess and you're going to have to get in there and clean it up a little bit, but um, it all has a, all has a place for it. Well, I, I look at it this way too. I mean, yeah, you think you're creating bedding and you may have, but how often, how, you know, how, how, is it going to benefit you in the long run? I guess is what I'm saying. Are they going to use it that much that it's going to be that appreciable to you? Um, maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may have gone through all that work. And like you said, you may have just made a big mess. Mm-hmm. If, if they're not using it or whatever, you know, <clears throat> you may have put it in the wrong spot. You know, there's a place yeah. for everything. You know, I think the smaller, like the smaller property, as long as it has, you know, the right timber, I think hinge cutting can work. But if you take a giant property, hundreds, hundred acres or something, all of a sudden you just hinge cut a little eighth acre spot, is it going to get used? Eh, probably not, man. It like might, but right. I mean, it's. I think hinge cutting can be added to a program. Yeah, I don't think it should be tool. the. Yeah, I don't think it should be at the base of of something. I think you're better off actually cutting the timber you know, the bigger timber and things. But again, I guess it all is based, you know, what type of, of trees you actually have. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess when someone contacts you and wants you to come out and look at a piece of property, they want two things. They want to know about food plots and how they can keep deer on their property by cutting mm-hmm. trees. Mm-hmm. They want bedding and food plots. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, pro, I'm yeah. pro- probably 99% right on well i talked to um a nice guy today on the phone i was telling you about from ohio and that was one of the things we talked about was he's getting all his deer um at nighttime and we talked about some things you know that could be going on but i'm going out there now so i booked him up but one of the things he asked was bots and betting yep you know that's everybody everybody wants it Everybody wants the deer on their property. Right. Now, and, I don't know. I don't yeah. know that I would want that personally, unless mm-hmm. I had such a big track. That where you that can I, still get around. Can, yeah, that you can get in and out of there and not de- be detected and right. not bump them. Right. If you if you don't have a big enough track, I wouldn't worry about where those deer are staying. Mm-hmm. Because if you're bumping them, you're not going to end up killing them anyhow. Right. You can make it, you can make your property worse. If it's, you right. know, if you got a small area and all of a sudden you made this huge jungle for them to bet in. That's why I was saying, I wonder if any of these other consultants have a magic number. Mm-hmm. You know, how many acres do you need before you make a bedding area? Right. You know, yeah. I think, I, it, I think, I, there is, 
like when I look at it, there's a lot of factors, um, like how big it is. Um, how can the person get around the property? It has to be. Yeah. You have to know yeah. the shape too. The shape right. would be important. How it's laid out. I mean, some areas just lay out perfectly to where you could do that stuff. Right. Some areas do not. And you have to kind of change a little, I guess, tactics or whatever. Um, and sometimes they, they don't want to hear it because, you know, sometimes a client has it in their mindset that they got to have this bedding or something. And sometimes you're better off just kind of not focusing on that. Maybe focus on like food a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the difference between, you know, low, low versus high yeah. and some of the benefits that you can get. But also, again, keep in mind with that is it does require maintenance. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's it's going to regenerate. Mm -hmm. You get that so. regeneration effect and it makes a makes a jungle and you'll have George of the jungle in there. Jeez. Well, moving on. Um Let's discuss uh, clear cuts versus select cuts. Mm. Um, I still, I'm still in contact with uh, several guys, but this I have one guy that I visited on. I think it was like four years ago, and he literally sends me pictures and and talks about how much his property changed from having a select cut. Okay. Um, and I when I visited, it was like eighty some acres. Um, it was in PA, uh, central PA somewhere, but it had some ag around, but he had this one side, one piece of, it was like maybe 20 acres off to the side. And I told him it was a, it was a desert in there. Like you, like we walked in there, zero food. You saw the pictures like when I was there, cause I, it had like snow, it was snow on the ground and stuff. And there was zero food, not a single piece of browse in that joint. Well, I said, I laid, made him a map or whatever. And I said, this piece needs to be select cut. You don't want to clear cut it because it was up against a road. Kind of, it was in the bottom, kind of went up a hill. Then a road was at the top. So if you clear cut it, it's going to be too thin. People can see into your property because on the other side. There'd be erosion of, too. Right. Exactly. Uh, through that woods was going to be a three acre food plot. So if you, if you cut it too thick or too thin, then the people can see in and just wouldn't be good. So select cut that. There's another couple little areas that we select cut, but the benefits of that are huge. Um, he is blown away by the amount of food that regrew just by cutting the trees and the amount of deer that stay in that select cut area. Yeah. I bet. I mean, you had that property up the street from you that got, that gets, you know, select cut and timbered out. Right. And then it just, the amount of regrowth is insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's insane. All right. I mean, it's literally you, you can't get through it except for the buggy trails, mm -hmm. you know, the, the briar between the briars and all the, uh, birch that came back. Mm -hmm. I can't believe the birch and, and what, what do you do with those things? I mean, cut them. I mean, especially as thick as they come in. Mm -hmm. You can brush them, brush all them. I mean, it would, it would, the thing is though, that, that property, they're not worried about that. You know, they're, some timber companies in there just. Yeah, take, they're all, they're, they're all just, in there to, just to get the money. Yeah, they're just raping it off and whatever comes back, comes back. Now, right. I, now when it reverts back to the landowner here in another year or so after that lease on the trees is up, I wonder if he'll do anything different. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I wonder if he'll have a maintenance crew come, come in and follow up on what was already done mm -hmm. because now some of it is already regened nine years mm -hmm. and it's 15, 20 feet tall, yep. you know, maple and maple and birch. I love maple, you know, now, yeah, if you let it go in 40 or 50 years, something as they compete for light, you know, eventually it'll crown out and canopy and some of the lesser strengthened uh, twiggy looking things will die off, but it'll mm -hmm. revert back to woods, but it'll take so long. Yeah, I get that question a lot. They're like, well, if we select cut this, how much, how long is it going to take to get regrowth? And you know, there's no fixed number on it because it depends on how much they take out and how much sunlight you get. Yeah. But I think in general, I mean, the first year you might see something, but usually it's going to take three to five years, I think, to really start seeing effect of that. Um, I mean, yeah, you'll get the immediate sunlight. You'll get, you know, they open the sunlight up so you get the sunlight and then, the, you know, the timber, if they take the timber, um, they're going to leave the tops there most likely. So you got the cover for there and it creates a bedding area, but then um, three to five years, you start getting the real regrowth um, from there. But again, it's something that has to be maintained. Have you, have you had anybody come up with anything weird and say, Hey, I want this piece right here. Clear cut. I want all these trees gone. Mm -hmm. Have you had anybody say that to you? Mm -hmm. What, what was their idea behind that? What did they want to do with that? They wanted sunlight. Okay. That so they just wanted natural brows. They wanted natural brows. Yep. They weren't they weren't looking to put a plot there. Mm -mm. Okay. They just wanted yeah. They were they most of the people that, that had that idea in their head that they wanted a like clear cut was they were, I guess, educated enough to realize that, hey, I'm I need food. So we need to clear cut. Yeah. And some of the some of them was good. Other ones were like, okay, well, I understand what you're saying, but it's not a good area to do that. We need to do it like somewhere else. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. Well, but, that, that also leads us into what uh, the next topic is we was going to talk about is north facing slopes and south mm -hmm. facing slopes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, your sun comes up in the east. It travels to the south and sets in the west. Mm -hmm. So, you know, south sides of things are warmer. Uh, More browse. Temp temperature wise. It gets more sun, so there's going to be more browse growing on that side of the, of the mountain or whatever it is, hillside, whatever. Yeah, yeah. if you get a hillside that is on south-facing and it's, you know, just because it's on south-facing doesn't mean you'll have more browse, but because it could be over canopy, so you might not be getting sunlight in there. But if it, it the south-facing makes sense, you can select cut that, then you really get, you know, the but regrowth and all that. But it's a smart idea for you when you're visiting properties to go in and ask which way's north, mm -hmm. you know, and, and get that. They might not understand that question when you ask it, but you need to know. Mm -hmm. You need to go in there and know which way's north and then yep. turn around, look the other way and be like, OK, we're going to start over here. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, that's that's how I would attempt it. That's yeah, I got a, I have a property I'm visiting next week. It's in West Virginia. And it's all these, I looked at an aerial photo and it's all these knobs that, that come up. There's like four or five knobs and it's all mountainous. Okay. And most of those knobs, that hill is South facing. Hmm. So my idea that I'm before I even go there is he's going to have to get 
a bulldozer in there on the knobs to create food plots and then start working our way up the hill to try to make a little bit of bedding, select cuts and, and things like that. But yeah, it's all these knobs and they're all kind of, they're flat at the top, but that whole side is all, his whole property is virtually South facing. Hmm. Um, so it'd be pretty cool to go there and, and check that out. I'm not looking to be looking forward to being winded climbing mountains, but I hate mountains, but uh, we're going to get it done for them. But you got those north sides, you know, they don't, they don't get sun. You know, there's, there's really no sun on them. So, you know, deer might be in there in the summertime because it's cooler. Yeah. You're going to be in um, a shade. You know, right. They're going to so, go for a cool spot. Yeah. It's really cool. If you have a property that has all of that combined. Yes. Yeah. That's why I always say like, you have to be so, there to see it though. Yeah. Someone yeah. sends you a map that. Mm, no, it doesn't really help. That doesn't help. Yeah. But it's so, I always say it's property dependent because a property needs to have so many features for deer to really, really be there. North facing slopes, south facing slopes, ridges, saddles, benches, open areas, select cut area, regeneration, like all this stuff is a perfect property. But not all the not all the properties have that. And sometimes deer just don't want to be there. There's certain areas that they do and certain areas that they don't. So like you can make all these improvements to your property. And if it's just not a property that they want to be at, your benefit your your efforts are going to be minimal. Right. It's not going to hurt. It's going to help you a little bit, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't help as much as if it's on a property that could have all those features. Yeah. That's, um, that's what would be hard about going into someone's piece of property that just has open timber for 50, 80 acres. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No slope, no, no rise, no fall, just flat ground. Mm -hmm. yeah. That'd be hard to come up with a good plan other than clearing out something with a dozer and putting plots in for them mm -hmm. for a destination plot, you know, yeah. other than that, I mean, just a flat piece like that, man, that's hard. Yeah. When they, there's no, yeah, they can come no, from any direction. You yeah. Know? When there's no pinch points, there's no, yeah, nothing. there's no nothing. It, it can get tricky. Even hill, I mean, hill country can get tricky too. Cause it's like, what do you do? You know, if, you gotta you gotta have food in there so do you get a bulldozer you got to create roads and it can each one has its has its challenge i guess but yeah. yeah why don't we talk about the sunlight um on on the south side for like food plots where people need to cut to get that sun yeah i mean obviously like we just said you know you're you're the, the majority of the day the sunlight's coming from the south mm -hmm. um, obviously it raises in the east like I said, and sets in the West. But as we were talking before we came on the air, you you get that Western, Southwesterly sun, but a lot of times the sun's too low mm -hmm. and the tree, the tree line sucking up and just giving you filtered sunlight, right. which is okay too. But ultimately you want straight on South. Yeah. Any, anywhere on that South side, you know, if you start cutting, you'll get, dramatic more sunlight into your and all eating. you need all you need to do is look up yeah know? just look up yeah. look up see what needs taken out you know and uh if you need to get somebody in there you know if it's too steep of a hill for you you're not comfortable maybe you need to hire somebody you know mm -hmm. so yeah there's sparsers um like i mean the one the one guy we cut or that one example i gave uh earlier like the three, four years ago I went to, he got a forester 
And he was actually able to find one that was quote unquote wildlife friendly. So he understood what he was trying to do. So he was able to work with him, um, and not like rob him, rob him blind of all his timber. Um, so he was able to work with them. And then the guy, you know, the client showed him, showed him like the plan that I came up with and stuff. And he, you know, he liked it and they were, they were able to work together with it. Um, but yeah, you, farcers are great, but again, they create a disaster on your property with roads and mud and tree tie everywhere. I mean, it gets, so all this stuff, it's fun. It's cool to talk about, but when it really comes down to it, it's a mess, man. It's a hassle. <laughs> it is. It's a hassle. It's a mess. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to do it, but it's it's like a you lot. Said, especially if you hire somebody because they're just looking to make a buck and get. Yes. You're stuck with it for the rest you're of your stuck. life. Yes, you're so stuck with you the. Need, you need to be careful. Do your homework. You know, get references, whatever, mm -hmm. and see see what they've done and how they do it. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, most of them don't give a crap about no. your land or you because no. they they're just there for the money. And they will, they will destroy your place with roads and mud and mm -hmm. just absolutely annihilate it. So, yeah. It, and you thought you had a plan going into this. Well, now you're going to have to clean up. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and the skitter trails might actually be what the deer are running mm -hmm. because it's so wide open, you know, from them dragging in and out. Now, you know, you was figuring on having an entrance and exit over here, but now they just made this gigunda drag you know trail and actually that's what happens down here below my place from when it was timbered years ago mm -hmm. uh the deer run the old skitter trails mm -hmm. yeah you know? so yeah i mean yeah like if you like i said you find somebody to work with you you can say hey <laughs> can we kind of put the road over here or you can come in here and cut but please build me a road back that way or build yeah. me a road. They like they'll work with some of them. Will work with you if you try to explain to them what what you're trying to do. Yeah, well, and you need to have a plan and make sure they understand, and they got to be on right. board for yeah. sure. Yeah, if because just, if if not, it's just mayhem. Yes, if you don't have an idea of what you want, and you literally just call in to a timber company, they come out evaluate it. Sure, yeah, we can help you out, and you don't <laughs> give them any idea. It's balls to the wall, and they're going to destroy your property. <laughs> we, we, this guy next to me had had some kids come in. I hate to say it, but they were Amish. Mm -hmm. Not that that means anything, but the, a couple of Amish kids came in here, and they had so many widow makers hung up trees and tre right. you know, hung up in other trees. Yeah. And, and, and oh my gosh, it yeah, was a dangerous. mess. Yeah, Scary. It's a lot involved. I mean, you start and getting it, into the stuff, and it just. It's one thing after another with it. And the and litter, the litter they left behind. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's funny is, um, old I gas went, cans and, uh, yeah, I created a video, um, the other day on, on, uh, public land. And the way I go to it, I have to go down this long road. It's about 10 miles and there's not much around, but there's property, you know, woods on both sides. Well, the past couple of years, I've noticed that the trees were marked with ribbons and some of them were painted. And I'm like, okay, they're getting ready to, they got a timber company in there. They're getting ready to cut. Well, when I went back there a couple weeks ago, they finally cut it. And dude, it was look. It looked like a bomb went off. I mean, it was annihilated. And I was like, I feel bad for the owners that if they want to clean this up, if they're because I know they deer hunt it. Um, 
I've seen guys there before, but it literally looked like a bomb went off. So they they absolutely destroyed the property with uh, with timbering it, and it's going to it's a mess. So keep that in mind. Now the only the only thing good about it mm-hmm. in my favor is where I what I call the mountain where I buck on it. <clears throat> that was timbered 40, 50, 60 years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. And those roads, you know, some of that stuff is starting to grow back in. And uh, so what that does is shows you exactly what they are and aren't using. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat. That's kind of a little tip for you. You know, when it starts to grow back in like that and it starts getting thick again, the stuff that those roads and stuff that they were traveling, uh, when it grows in real tight and if there's still openings there, you know, they're still using it. If it mm-hmm. grows, if it grows up solid, you yeah, you don't have to worry about hunting there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I mean, it, we should, we should do a podcast sometime about reading sign. Yeah, we can do that. Signs, signs to look for in the woods, you know. Right down right now. Yeah. You know, what to look for when we're scotting and things, you know. Got it. Okay. All right, guys. I think that covered all of our list here on um, low versus high hinge cuts, south-facing slopes, south-facing cuttings for getting more sunlight, regeneration, um, food plots uh, for the sun, um, travel corridors, and um, some of the trees that that are good to hinge cut. So hopefully that helps you out and um, drop us a comment and uh, appreciate your, your view and your, your download and your listen. Yep. Let us know what you want to hear about next. Yep. Thanks guys. See you guys.